Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director for APPA. This episode marks the latest installment of a periodic series of Public Power Now episodes that focus on smaller public power utility systems and communities. We're joined today on this episode by Jason Person, City Administrator for the City of Marlowe, Oklahoma. Jason was recently elected to serve on APPA's Board of Directors, and in 2020, he received the Larry Hobart Seven Hats Award from APPA. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Paul, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be asked. <laughs> so, Jason, um, to get our conversation started, could you talk about your professional journey um, to becoming city administrator for Marlowe? Well, um, I think uh, I think it's kind of normal in small towns that you don't even know if there's a city administrator uh, job. And uh, this is my hometown. I've lived here all my life and didn't really know about it until uh until I got, uh, well, I started out in the banking business and uh, spent about eight years there. And that was really kind of my mode or my uh, avenue to get back home from college. And, and I've always wanted to stay in Marlowe. So <clears throat> worked in the banking business. I got an opportunity, uh, kind of was doing on the side some newspaper writing. And uh, the hometown newspaper sold to a friend of mine. And he really wanted me to come help him. And it was kind of the right time to get out of banking for me. And so I spent six and a half years as the news and sports editor. And that's where I learned that there actually is a city administrator in Marlowe. Uh, got to uh, build a rapport with her and, uh, you know, in my daily, uh, daily workings at a weekly newspaper. And uh, then she approached me about uh, coming to work for the city as a community services uh, coordinator and, doing special projects and code enforcement and basically anything she needed help with. And um, really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, a year into it, um, she lost her job and they pointed to me. And I've been here ever since. So I'm in year nine here and kind of like I said, didn't even know it existed, but uh, sure glad I'm here today. As you know, the Larry Hobart Seven Hats Award recognizes a manager who performs a variety of duties, communities of 2,500 or fewer electric meters. So in that context, could you describe your current responsibilities as city administrator? Well, it's, I mean, I, I really, I'm really appreciative of, of being recognized for that. Um, I think uh, the award describes the responsibilities of any of us that are managing communities that have electric systems uh, with few meters and you're, yeah, you're the general manager, um, you're the planner, uh, you're the director, you've got to have good staff and, and I'm blessed with that, but um, really kind of take on the finance angle of it, the planning angle of it, the long-term effects of everything that you do and listening to the people that, that put in the work every day uh, in the substation and on the line to say, okay, you know, we want to get here. Um, how do we do it? And, you know, well, our ideas would be this. Okay. Then I'm going to take that to the council and, and the council needs to commit. And so you're kind of that, uh, you're kind of that swing person, kind of quarterback. You're going to carry the ball every time, but you're going to get it in the right hands of the people who need to, uh, take you to what your goal is. And then on top of that, you're also, you know, managing a police department and managing a fire department and 
making sure there's an ambulance in town and, and making sure that the park gets mowed and, you know, you're on top of everything that, uh, or you, <laughs> I should say you're on top of it. Your wish is to be on top of it. You're never on top of it, but, uh, it's just a, it's, it's the encompassing duties as a sign. I think, uh, is what a, a small town city manager, city administrator does in an electric city. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the, football analogy you provided is, is a great one uh, in terms of, of, of everything that you do um, and, and more broadly in terms of what um, city administrators do in smaller communities. Um, so um, with respect to um, projects you've completed since becoming city administrator, wh- which ones are you particularly proud of, um, especially as it relates to uh, electric operations? Well, I, I kind of, I kind of picked up where my predecessor left off. Um, the city had uh, just one transformer in our substation and um, she had directed uh, uh, to get a second transformer uh, purchased and, but was, you know, was let go before she was able to pull that all the way through. So I kind of took that ball and carried it a little bit further, got the transformer put in, got the financing uh, put in, um, that alone helped get us on the road to you know, winning a reliability award from APPA just this last year uh, for our size communities. And having that second transformer in a one substation town, you, you have that ability to maintain a transformer. You know, we've got a transformer that's sitting down there that's from 1976. And, and those things aren't, I mean, they're the, just, they're like motors in a car, you know, they, they have a shelf life and, You've got to maintain those to make them last long time. And so to have that second one uh, really helped out in that. And then, you know, the major financing, putting putting the city into debt and such as that was really kind of a leap of faith that uh, I'll be honest with you, when the years happened, this, this has been about five, six years ago. Um, <laughs> I don't know exactly. I knew what I was doing. I just knew that. We needed to get it done, and, and I kind of my background, you know, told me how we could get there. Uh, then in 2018, uh, we switched to automated metering, and was a really successful project. I think we we planned it well, uh, we executed it well. Uh, we took uh, we took six seven years to study it, and to really get uh, knowledgeable about it, to follow the changing of the of the technology and get where we wanted to be and really successfully implemented it. And I've been able to uh, speak on that both on the state and national level about how to, you know, properly go through the automated metering process. And it was a very successful project and I've been really proud of it. Uh, those two things, especially in, on the electric side have increased our productivity and our reliability and safety in the electric world you know obviously with the metering project your customers would would would, would be aware of what's going on just just the fact that the the nature of the project itself but um you know with respect to that transformer project obviously that brings that brings benefits to the community did you engage in, in any kind of um, communication with the with the community in terms of the benefits of the project just curious about that you know not really um 
and there again, probably went back to me being a novice was, mm-hmm. um, it really, you know, it didn't affect people the way a metering project does because we got to come in your yard and pull your meter and put another one in and right. put it on the water side as well. With the, with transformer, you know, basically what you're telling people is when it shows up, I mean, it's not a small thing. It don't show up in a box with FedEx. Um, right. Yeah, it's got a crane and you know, there's a, there's a big truck coming in. It's, it's a big production. So that's really kind of how we, we pushed it out. Yeah. Was it was showing up that day. There were several issues uh, with it. Uh, uh, one of our circuits burned down on a Friday night during the football game, during the hometown football game, uh, uh, which uh, I actually do. I actually am the play-by-play voice of the hometown radio uh, and football team. And so I actually had to leave in the fourth quarter of that game to uh, kind of manage the uh, downtown circuit burning uh, that actually – connects to the football field. So half the football field went out that night. And, and then we had trouble getting the, uh, getting the engineering correct. Uh, and it was kind of a struggle of, you know, the engineering side saying, okay, to protect your substation, you need to have these kind of settings, but to prevent long-term outages, you need these type of settings. So which was the choice you wanted to make? And, at first, we're going through those longer outages when a squirrel hits a jumper uh, versus the jumper popping, a couple of people going out, and the rest of the town stays on. We kind of had to find that uh, happy medium there. So that one was a struggle. Um, it, I guess we didn't set out to do a, a campaign to give the benefits. We were kind of forced into it. Mm-hmm. And um, but now we've come full circle five six years into it, and like I said, get you know get a local and a statewide and a federal level award, you know national level award for reliability. I think uh, the customers understand what it was all about. So along with your your many responsibilities as city administrator, you're also a member of the board of directors for the Oklahoma Municipal Power Agency. So uh, could you talk about how long you've been an OMPA board member and describe your responsibilities in that role? Sure. Uh, OMPA, uh, I was appointed. I was appointed to the board in March of 2016. Um, I had had some involvement uh, with uh, they had uh, back then it was called an energy services committee. And I kind of got involved in that pretty early in my municipal career and so i kind of i kind of got to know ompa pretty well and and them being our power provider our wholesale power provider and then they add a lot of value services as well i got asked i got to join and, and basically my role in that is and i kind of tell new members when they come on uh, being one of the, the older guys now on there is you know you're you're a city manager at home. Uh, you've got to do help to lead the council in in the direction that the city needs to go, and, and inform the council and and be proactive with the council. Basically, when you're a board member for OMPA, you're now a member of that council. You let the staff kind of lead you and 
give you the information that you need to make valuable decisions. And, and so that's kind of my role. It, it really helps me back home in, in that I know how to think like a governing body member and as a staff member. So I know what they need to know. I, I know what needs when they need to know it, such as such as that. And it's been valuable for that. Uh, I'm a member of uh, their legislative committee and really enjoy that part of it. I'm not big into talking to legislators that much, but uh, I, I have I have a great relationship with a couple down here that we have. One's my former mayor, so that really helped out that. My legislator is my former mayor, and and, and you know I'm friends with the other, the senator, and um, on the hadn't really got into the federal level yet, but I'm looking forward to that uh, with uh, with my new appointment. And yeah, great. That's a perfect segue to uh, to my final final question for you is is talk to you about your role as a APPA board member. Do you, do you do you have any goals you set out um, that you'd like to accomplish uh, as an APPA board member? One of the things that I've noticed in going to several of the national conferences is, you know, that there's not a lacking of rep- representation, but there is, you know, a lot of our members, APPA members, are smaller communities. Uh, we're we make up a good portion of the APPA membership, and it's. It's not because we want to, it's because that's, you know, a lot of municipalities are small that still have their electric systems and and are fortunate to do that. Um, My number one goal is to learn. Um, I think uh, this is going to be extremely valuable in what I can pick up in the industry uh, from serving on the APPA board. I'm I'm extremely excited about that and uh, the wealth of knowledge that you know, the other 34 board members and the APPA staff uh, will be able to provide and and what I'll learn in just the day-to-day thing. But I also want to be a good representation and kind of keep a voice in there for the for the little guy. You know, we're, we're out here, you know, uh, and we have, uh, you know, I, I would, I would argue that we would almost have the same size struggles as a bigger um, electric system. Uh, the size doesn't necessarily go down because, you know, your customer, um, you're, you're there, you're right, you're right in there with them. And where, you know, some utilities, they've got uh, a spread out area. Uh, ours isn't spread out. We're landlocked by the co-ops around us. And, you know, I can, reach out we're a mile wide and two miles long and so it doesn't take me five minutes to get from one side to the other and i can see the faces of the people who have outages or the or the people who have issues and that goes back to your your staff being well trained um, in in and have the knowledge and the knowledge of safety it's uh it's important for me to keep the small towns and the small municipalities, small electric systems on at least on the at least on the stove, maybe not on the front burner all the time, but at least on the stove and keeping warm that um, you know, we're out here and it's very important that we get information to, to these smaller guys, too. Great. And yeah, and as you know, 
uh, Colin Hansen, APPA's uh, board chair, has, has made it clear uh, from the get-go that you know he wants wants to recognize the the value and the and the uh, contributions of smaller communities such as as Marlowe. So um, certainly, this conversation today helps helps with that uh, endeavor. So uh, thanks again, Jason, for for participating in the podcast. Really appreciate it. And would love to have you back as a guest at some point in the future, um, either by yourself or perhaps as part of a, a roundtable. Yeah, thank you, Paul. I appreciate you letting, letting me be a part.